At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. It is your host, Lyle Swithenbank, sportsethos.com presentation. You can find us on Apple, where else are we? Spotify, Audible, all those different places where you can download it. Now, it is the off-season, but that just means you get to talk with more fantastic people. I'm joined today by Andrew Smith. Andrew, how are you going, mate? Thanks for joining us Yo. all the way from Japan. Appreciate you having me, Lyle. Oh, it's great to uh, great to have you. And yeah, what we're talking off air—only an hour of difference in our uh, time zones, which is which is refreshing. I'm much more alert, I suppose, than probably some of the guests get to experience. Um, how's things on your end? Things are good. You know, in Japan right now, it's Golden Week, so I'm just enjoying my my few days off, relaxing. That's why I was able to actually do the videos. Normally, um, my with my work schedule, I have so much work to do. But Golden Week got a nice like four or five, you know, six, seven day, a little bit of time off, you know, nothing else to do. So might as well do some hype. Well, I tell you what, you had us hype with those videos. I mean, uh, I watched the the first one that came out and I was a bit emotionally uh, charged after game six and it came out and it hit me. My girlfriend was looking at me and I'm sitting there going, nah, nah, that's just the dust. We need to get the dust in here. It's Make me eyes well up, but uh, it was fantastic. What in- inspired you to to do it? I suppose besides having a bit of a spare time. Um, the the first thing with the first video, the season uh being over, it was really uh the Pelicans fans. You know, obviously we have the the whole thing with the Pelicans twelve going on, and usually with the end of the season, that's a lot of times when I'm the most upset with the fan base, especially when I was in New Orleans. Uh as credential media for, you know, I, I was credentialed for a really long time, you know, going to every game uh, in the city. And usually at the end of the season, I'm, I'm actually quite upset with the fans because that's when the worst takes happen. That's when the worst personalities comes out. You know, I'll never forget that when we lost to Golden State, um, well, this wasn't when the series ended, but when we, we lost a game to Golden State and then we went back to, to Oakland and, and they beat us, fans were so pissed. Fans were so pissed when we just took the arguably the greatest team at the time with the best record of all time to to a down to the wire game and Steph Curry hitting that crazy three on Quincy Pondexter and they're chanting 
you know, F Monty Williams, fire the team, get, get on. That, that was the angriest I've ever been with the team. And usually at the end of the seasons, it's always something like that. Like, oh, you know, last year, a lot of people always tweet out, they gave up on Jax. It was like, oh, give her to Jax. He doesn't have da 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 You know, um, you know, oh, David Griffin can't do this and that. And even I was kind of on, on, on with that. And usually, usually the personalities get so bad. And this year, you know, taking the Suns to, to six games, the fan, even though we lost, the fans upbeat, as upbeat as I've ever seen them. You know, great attitudes, uh, all positivity as far as, you know, the outlook of the team and, and everything. So I was like, yo, like the season is the seat, you know, like I said in the video, the season is over, but the fans are, they're ready. You know, the team seems ready. The players seem ready. You know, everyone still has this big energy, kind of like, kind of like, we're still in it. It doesn't, if the season is over, but it doesn't feel like it at all. It felt like we were just getting started. And I think that was yeah. a, a big difference, particularly in the last few years. Obviously the, the world's changed in the last couple of years as well. And live sports with it. And, you know, with the Pelicans, we had Alvin Gentry and then uh, what's his name? Stan Van Gundy. And yeah. the roster was turning and turning and turning. And, uh, you know, the national media was going rampant because, perhaps on-court success wasn't what they anticipated. These really weird stories with David Griffin playing pianos. Yeah, and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, and, and all these narratives kept coming out and it, it made it difficult. So this season, it felt like, even though we started the 1-12, and 12, it almost started like it was the same and everyone was out, no, we sacked this guy, let's get rid of him, trade them, they're all no good. And then it started yep. turning. And we, as we watched the games, we saw these guys continue to buy in do you think that helped solidify this fan base is that we were in the mud and all of a sudden like there's anything that that players will tell you that coaches will tell you that if you hear it you know if you watch the the new orleans broadcast you'll hear antonio daniel say it all the time if you love the city the city will love you back and i know you know jerry jack is on the the phoenix suns coaching staff and i believe he even said this uh chris paul said it too in one of the interviews if you just play hard in New Orleans, they're going to love you. You could you, you not even be that good. But, oh, he plays hard, and, and, and they'll, they'll start fighting for you, you know? So the fact that they come, they came back from that 1-11 start, that 3-16, and and they fought all the way back to actually make the playoffs, you know, first to play in and then knocking out Los Angeles, uh, who had all the hype in the world, you know, no, everyone counted them out. And now you see national, a lot of national media are, are jumping onto the wagon and they were, they, they, they just fought backs from so much adversity. They fought back from everything from injury to, to management, to new coaches. They fought back from a bad record, from a heavy, heavy, a top heavy schedule in the beginning it's it's just a, a recipe for failure and they overcame. Like I don't see how the, the fans wouldn't jump back behind this team after that. Honestly, and I think it was hard because from the outside looking in, if you weren't watching the games, you'd think, oh, this is just another bottom team, like bottom dweller, that you know, they're not playing any well, they don't have any um, you know, cohesion. But if you watched them, even the games we lost, we were in. They and and one thing I think especially, I mean, since I've been covering the Pelicans myself and, you know, getting to know people in New Orleans, there's one thing about them is that 
they will never give up. They will always overcome adversity. And that this team is just seems to be synonymous with this. There was hit with every single thing, like you said, and, and they overcame it. And it's easy to cheer for an underdog, I think, and especially a team that um, has a historically bad start to then make the playoffs. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, they just embodied the city completely, like from, from everything bad going on to everyone turning their back on them and just blocking out all the noise and just being themselves and locking in and working. Uh, one funny thing for me is when fans of other teams try to troll, like, oh, hi, you didn't do it. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll try to, oh, you lost. Like, Suns fans have been trying to troll and like, yo, we're happy. Like, we're really, really, really happy with this season. Like, nobody is upset, you know? Like, sure, it would have been nice going into the second round, but, you know, even if even if they would have just made the play-in game and lost the play-in game to the Clippers, yo, I'm still like, yo, we, we overachieved from this horrible start. To go this far and take the number one team, the number one record in the NBA to six games when it should have been seven with how, how game uh, – how game five, I believe it was, went. Um, it, it could have easily been seven games, and it could have easily been an upset, you know, barring some some different calls and Chris Paul not having to have a a legendary game, you know, and them barely barely squeaking by. It's it's we're just ecstatic about it. You can't troll a fan base who's this happy about their team. You can't say, oh, well, Zion wants to go. Zion's saying he's ecstatic. He can't sign a contract soon enough. You can't troll about that. Oh, but the future, the future looks great. We have a young core who's, who, who acts like veterans, like Herb Jones acts like he's been playing in this league for 15 years. You know, Trey Murphy's on the come up every single game. Jax is actually getting his footing together. Like he's not a rookie, but Jax is getting his 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 footing established. Uh Jose. Jose has become a huge fan favorite and a and you know the best actual point guard on the team out of nowhere. So like you can't troll us. There's nothing for us to be upset about. Yeah, I think we're just just uh really optimistic as to what's happening. And and they can't say, oh, you're not going anywhere with this because I mean the cause what an average age of about 21, 22, you're also adding an all-NBA talent who's also 21 uh, back to the team next year. Plus, you've got... That's the X, that's the X factor. That, that is going to be crazy. And it's, it's crazy that we we actually got matched up against the Suns because I feel a really big, strong correlation between how they came up and how we're, how we're going, you know. If you remember about, what, four years ago or so, everyone said, oh, Devin, Devin Booker's mad. Devin Booker said the man of trade. Like, media was pushing for Devin Booker hard to get out. And I heard Devin Booker was pretty upset. DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams benched DeAndre Ayton so much about, about four years ago. DeAndre couldn't get off the bench. Who was ahead of him? I think it was Aaron Baines. Yeah. Aaron Baines was ahead starting, and Ayton couldn't get off the bench some games. You know, and, and they were upset. And then, oh, they add a veteran. They add, they add a veteran guard. They get Chris Paul. Things are looking good. We add C.J. McCollum. Things are looking nice. You know, their star, their star gets a little happier. Our star Zion seems a bit – Zion and B.I. seems a bit happier because I don't want to undersell what B.I. has been doing because he's he has been the team. You know, like he, he's become an actual leader. So, like, oh, B.I. is looking really happy. You know, the foundation is actually getting set. You know, Jonas is looking really good. And then very, very quickly, the Suns went from bottom team to number one in the West. Like that. I could see the I could see the exact same thing happening with the Pelicans coming next year or in two years. 
Yeah, I mean, well, the, the, the correlations between us and the Suns are, are pretty similar. You know, they had that bubble where they went 8-0 and oh, uh, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even their own doing uh, to be able to get in. You know, they could it was other teams winning meant that they didn't make playoffs. They then come back and after 13 straight years of missing the playoffs, jump straight in and go to the finals. I mean, it's a pretty big turnaround. And, and I mean, I can see our team having that with that young core, with the great stars adding the veteran leadership and, uh, you know, another lottery pick this year, thanks to the Lakers. Uh, yeah. I mean, the future's bright, plus all the picks into the future that we've managed to swing as well from Drew Holiday trade and also uh, the Anthony Davis one still lingering around. There's I don't see a team with a brighter future. Like, I don't think that's a team with a brighter future in the NBA, you know, especially with how well you can say what you want about David Griffin's uh, people management skills. But that man could draft. <laughs> like <Hey, what? laughs> this whole, you know, the, this whole front office, like they can draft, draft. Something, something funny about the uh, season is ending video. Uh, if you notice, Trey Murphy wasn't in the original video because I only had, you know, for Twitter, Twitter limits is about two minutes, twenty seconds or so. Uh-huh. You can't get a, a, can't do very long videos. And in the first video, I was hoping, I was hoping mm, nobody would notice. But then his mom messaged, <laughs> she was like, in part two put Trey and she put all the hearts but that made me nervous I'm like I, I I know a lot of players I could deal I could deal with with trainers coming at me I can deal with coaches I can deal with the players I can deal with with staff coming at me but moms that's scary <laughs> yeah for sure well, I yeah, mean so was she pretty happy with the had, second one then I already had something written for Trey to be in it but then I saw my time limit so I so I, I, I that was one that didn't make it so I was like, all right, instead, I'm, I'm just going to make him his own video. That's why that was the next one that popped up. So I'm, I'm glad his, his mom seemed happy about it. I'm sure he's happy about it, too. Oh, the Trey Murphy video as well. I mean, for the second one in the series, I'm a big Trey Murphy fan. I mean, seeing him um, really take strides towards the end of the season. I mean, he came in with a with a splash in Summer League. Looked like a looked like he was going to be the best pick in the whole draft at uh, after that, obviously confidence issues and the speed of the game caught up with him and he had to adjust and overcome a few different things. But again, a great young fellow who looks like he's going to be a core piece in this team. And David Griffin said was untouchable in, in trade talks. Um, what did you find of the rookies and, and particular Trey in, in this season? They were, I thought, pretty good. This, this, rookie, this rookie class that we got here is... It's insane. These are the most mature rookies I've seen in New Orleans, especially for a group, you know, a group of them, you know, uh, Trey, Trey, for one, he just needed time to grow. I think, you know, he just actually needed some time on the floor. I don't even think really a rookie wall hit him because he didn't get enough time early on to even hit a wall. You know, he had to go down to the G League to just get some reps while we were playing, you know, no offense to Garrett Temple, but we're playing Garrett Temple ahead of him. And we were still one in, you know, one in 12, three and 16 area. Like, yo, if we're going to be bad, might as well play the young guys. And eventually we saw once he came back from the G League, he kind of fit in like like that. He, of course, he made some rookie mistakes here and there, but that's part of growth. Overall, you can see where his game is going. And he is not just a shooter like some people would say. That man is versatile, especially on the offensive end. And you've seen he had a lot of he had a lot of crazy dunks this year. Like he is an athlete. He is a straight-up athlete who can shoot. He's not a shooter who has a little bit going on. Like, he, he is a well-rounded offensive player. I just think, uh, you know, catching up to uh, to the, the 
like you say, the speed of the game, just getting a good feel of the NBA uh, in general and a good feel of the guys that he's around is just going to make him better and better and better. And I'd be shocked if, you know, we don't see a big jump in his comfort level come next season or even come summer league. And as far as the other rookies, you know, there's not much to say about Herb other than he's just, he, he's, he, he's like, he's like a legit vet, man. The dude reminds me of like Trevor Ariza already. Like when we had him, he, he's just a legit well-mannered vet. He's, he's not, he's not out there crazy. He does the dirty work. He does everything you want him to. And Jose, Yo, I talked to, I talked to Coach Ryan for for the Birmingham squ- uh, squadron before we got Jose. Well, when we got Jose, and I was like, "Does anybody surprise you uh, on this team that you've been coaching?" I was expecting him to say something about Zylan or about Gary Clark or uh, or about some you know anybody else on the squadron team. He was like, "Yo, this Jose, he's for real." And I was like, "All right, cool. Maybe he'll be a okay rotational piece." Nah. Jose exceeded everything I, I ever thought that that can be presented for him. I thought when he was like, Jose is for real, I was like, okay, maybe he can he can just barely fit into the NBA. No, Jose became an absolute nuisance. Like, I, I know if he wasn't for New Orleans, he, he'd annoy the hell out of everyone when we go up against him. Like, he does not get off you. This man just sticks on you. And it's not a dirty way, you know? It, it's not a dirty way like he's flailing around or or doing anything uh, against the rules. He just plays hard. He's just going to go at you 94 feet and stick on you and never give you any comfort. You can never relax around him. Jose has been my favorite surprise of this season. Um, you know, like uh, there's, he, he's just such someone, someone made a good comparison. Um, one of, one of our other fans in South America, he says, Jose reminds him of, of, a soccer player, kind of how that the energy that soccer, that's that soccer brings, you know, this this big pump. He's so hyped when he when he gets these eight second violations, when he gets these steals, every play he makes, he's just this this little ball of energy that you can't get off of you. And I love it. He's great, honestly. And to see an undrafted two-way rookie, you know, he to then have chance around the whole, like soccer-like chance, I suppose, around the uh, stadium. Even, I mean, <laughs> wow! How did they pass? How did everyone pass on him? This is it is astonishing. It's not like his like his resume was bad. Like he was no. like d- defensive player of the year, four year guy. But I mean, he's all-time steals leader, I think, at Georgia Tech. He was just, like, unbelievable resume. While I was doing the Trey Murphy video and while I was uh, uh, I was speaking with, uh, with what I think it was with Trey's mom, she brought up the fact that they played against each other a couple times. Oh, right. I'm not a big, I'm not a big college watcher. Yeah, um, but, yeah, I, I, I definitely went back to go and try and find the uh, Georgia Tech and Virginia games because <laughs> they, yeah, sure. they went against each other a few times, too. And, and for them to become teammates, you know, on the same squad now – it's, it's no joke. Yeah, I have no clue though how how they pass up. I'm guessing it's just just simply size. That's Must the only been. thing. They go like, "Oh, he's small." Yeah, well, I mean, he plays a lot bigger than he is. I saw him. Yeah. I was watching the uh, game six again the other night because uh, I'd watched a national broadcast. I had to go back and watch my guys AD and and Joel to finish us off. And um, uh, Jose was grabbing rebounds above the rim. Like he has a. <laughs> Bit of spring for for a short yes, fella. I mean, man. I mean, he's sure, he's still six one. 
<laughs> you see that he never stops moving. Yeah. I really, I, I gotta, I really have to go onto the NBA stats website and see. You know, they track distance and speed for players. I'm really curious about Jose. It's because that man doesn't seem to stop moving. That was my only concern when, you know, as everybody on Twitter knows, and I'm gonna bring it up like, oh, I was big, big supporting the Devontae Graham. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of went down. Jose's taking that man's spots completely from underneath him. But uh, one thing I was concerned about with more minutes with Jose is does he have the energy to keep up that level of speed? And he just he never stopped. Like we've we've been playing him big minutes and he just keep running nonstop, nonstop, man. Ninety four feet, it, but I love every it. position. He uh, he loves picking up full court. He left to right, he rotates all the time, and like even the offensive rebounds, he reads the ball so well off the rim as well to be able to then you know get second possessions. Work hard, you know, the eight seconds. Of course, hiding, hiding on the inbound. I love that play. <laughs> I love when he's hiding in the inbound. Yeah, that, yeah. well, I mean, the signature move and, and to pull it off in the in the playoffs after on Chris Paul, no less. If you can get it on Chris Paul, you can get it on anybody. 100%. I mean, well, one of them he tried and Chris Paul waved him, <laughs> waved him up. Come on, young fellow, you got to get up here and uh, and defend me. And uh, then to then get it later on in, in a game that was was critical for our yeah. for our success, it was um it was uh, something else. But Zion Williamson, let's get mm-hmm. let's get to him. It's been obviously a difficult year for him and a lot of outside noise, like a lot. And I mean, everyone's been guilty of it at different points. I think the narrative and, and storylines around him have evolved as we've got more information throughout the year. Still twenty one years old. About to sign, can't wait to sign a hundred eighty-five mm. odd million dollar contract, which is nothing to poke a stick at. Um, what do you think? You think we got full buy-in? You think he's coming back next year and he's going to uh, he's going to dominate? I think, he's, I think he's absolutely coming back next year. I think you would have to be insane not to be ecstatic to come back to what this team has without to show what they can even do without you when this team is built around you for them to go this far and to come back for what they came from. And you can see how everyone knows their role. That's one really key part. And before I even get more into Zion, shout out to Willie green for actually establishing this culture. You know, we got, we have some problems with Willie as far as minutes and rotation and even some like X and O type stuff. But that's here and there. The important yeah. part of head coaching is managing players and letting, making sure they know what their job is, what's your role, managing egos. And he is perfect at that. Yeah. Getting the most out of players, he is perfect at that, especially with young players. Like getting the most out of veterans is easy. They know, they know what they're supposed to do. But you got you got a group full of young dudes. Like every everybody's just barely old enough to drink in America now, man. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like you got a bunch of bunch of young dudes out there. So shout out to Willie for Zion to see that this team is able to go this far without missing an all NBA, you know, the the best young prospect, in my opinion, kind of level player. And he's going to come back at the in the best shape he's been in since college. Yo, where else you going to go? Like, I know the media saying, oh, but New York, like New York trash. <laughs> like, like where what's a better situation for you than where you're at you know so i think he's gonna i think i do think it's genuine when he says oh i can't wait to sign because what's a better situation for you to go to now early on in the season i think the confusion was just the the quietness from his side from the team side from 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 everywhere so when you're quiet people 
have nothing else to do but speculate and make up their own uh make up their own ideas like oh what does this mean you know when we get one random post or he's not around the team what does it mean when no one's telling him anything i think it was just a really bad uh communication uh between the pelicans between zion and however to get that information between front office to get that information to the fans and to media you know it was just that that was just bad communication but as far as where he's at now I absolutely buy that he's that he's willing and ready to to showcase where he's at for, with the Pelicans. Like I'm sure he wanted to play in the playoffs. I'm yeah. sure he wanted to. You know, I knew that the Pelicans weren't going to let him play because that is that's you know you don't want to risk a great season this year and risk your future. You'd rather have you know ten years of greatness than one good year in 2022. You know, so get them back a hundred percent this year and, and dominate. And I, I'm, I would bet on it this year for, uh, for the Pelicans with Zion. Honestly, that's what I'm like. I'm chomping at the bit because all I see is, okay. So Jackson Hayes goes to the bench and you put Zion Williamson there. Uh, I don't know how you defend a team with I mean, KV. Starting off me, honestly, the starting lineup, I would run big. I would run, CJ, BI, Herb, Zion, JV, yeah. just, to, just to start the year off. What are you going to do? What are teams going to do? Like, Zion actually has spacing. JV can shoot, you know, and it's even more consistent in the mid-range. Like, JV can help him with the dirty work. I think that tandem is going to be ridiculous. BI's has BI's passing has improved tenfold from last time he played with, uh, with Zion. Like he can dump the ball off. He can dump the drive and dump the ball off to Zion at any moment. He can make so much space for Zion. Zion was dominating with with Stephen Adams, you know, and us just clogged in with four people in the paint, and that couldn't stop. He still averaged twenty seven <laughs> with that kind of space, and now he has more space, and you have to one on one him. And don't forget, Zion himself is an excellent passer, an amazing passer. So go ahead. I got all this space and you want to come with a double for me and leave B.I. and leave C.J., you know, or leave a cut in Jacks. Like, what are you what are you? I have no clue what teams are going to do except cross their fingers. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, just hope everyone else misses, I guess. And the thing is, you know, last I think last time we played, it was it was a bit easier because you could say, well, let's let the other guys beat us. And perhaps Brandon might have an off night, but otherwise it was Brandon and and Zion, and they were the two you had to to guard. Now you got CJ, you got JV, you got all these guys coming off the bench who can score as well. Um, and this is a different is, Brandon, though. This Brandon yeah, is different. Like he's different. He's yeah. never been like this. You know, uh, this kind of season that he's had, he wasn't this guy when when Zion was playing. This is a brand new like leadership. He's he's evolved to a whole new person. You know, he he wasn't this consistent. His defense has gotten so much better. B.I. is actually locking. When he locks in on defense, B.I. is good, good. Like, there's some there's some standards that we're going to have to set for, for, for Zion when he comes back because this is a whole different culture from last time when he was uh, actively around the team. You know, like, the, level, the amount of work and the amount of effort, especially on defense, I want to see how that, that – uh, how Zion soaks that in with the, with the, with the difference – and culture from Gentry and Stan Van Gundy to this new one that Willie Green and uh, David Griffin were able to make. Oh, I mean, you get Zion to buy in on defense and it's over. I, I don't know what you do because you get past one of our 
six foot nine to six foot 11 guards with seven foot wingspan. And you then uh, get met with a, a six foot six bloke who can jump out the gym and, uh, and a big body in JV. I, I'm excited on both ends and it's going to be, um, it's going to be ridiculous. You touched on Brandon Ingram this year. He took a step to genuine superstar. I, I think that playoffs was him while we've seen it all year and these steps he's taken, he got a bit fitter over the season, got a bit stronger, uh, took on a really big leadership role, identified himself and, and put his hand up to say, I am the leader of this team. This is my team and stamped his name on it. And we went as he went this year to then see him announce himself on the national stage in this, in this playoffs, I think was massive for him to play as well as he did. I mean, I think he was still what top five or top six in the first round of the playoffs in scoring and, and assists and rebounds. He was right up there in all of it. He was dominant, man. He was straight up dominant. What do you think dominant. of Brandon? <laughs> He's great. Um, the first first thing first with Brandon, the way that he bought into this city, mm. you know, it, it, it would it would have been easy for him to not buy into the culture and just to be, you know, if you've ever talked with Brandon or you watch or you ask any media or if you watch his interviews, he's a very soft spoken person. You know, he, he's a very chill, soft spoken dude. He's this is why I say he's grown at least from when I've been away from the team, he's his personality, he's gotten more uh, expressive. You know, he, he's still not loud, loud vocally, but he's joking around all the time with people. He, he's embraced this city. You know, he, he acts like a New Orleans kid now. The way that he's embraced the city is one of the most exciting things for me about him. As far as his play style, every area, I'm, you know, I started the season off saying, JV would probably be, be the is the best player on the team right now. And JV started off the season really good. You know, he went crazy from three. He was like the number one three-point percentage in the league. And then a few weeks later, Brandon Ingram just started getting better and better and better. That mid-range got really consistent. His defense started locking in. One thing I really had with Brandon Ingram was that he – with his length, I always thought he should be a good defender, but he'd always keep his hands down. Not him hands are up. You know, he's active. He's moving his feet. He's he's aggressive towards the rim, like crazy. You you want to 1v1 him, it's not going to happen. It's, it's just a whole nother level, every single area, especially his ball handling and passing. His, his If you go back to any tape like two years ago or last time he played with, uh, with Zion, the spacing was already bad on that team, and B.I.'s handle will be super wide. Yeah. It will be anytime he cross it over, it'll be super, super wide, and he'll often lose the ball and turn it over. This time, that handle's a little tighter. Them passing's a little bit more accurate. There's not as many turnovers. Things are looking really nice with B.I., and then you add C.J. into the mix to take that pressure off him and point, and point Zion, which you know is coming back. Yeah. Oof. Everybody's <laughs> just going to get better from it, man. It's getting exciting. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Final thoughts on the Pels and what do you got out there that's coming up that you can tell us about? Oh, man. Uh, my final thoughts on the Pelicans is just just look out for them, dude. They're going to be dominant. Support them. Like, really support them. Even if they come off. One thing, I'm so, I'm skeptical about it. I saw Stephen A. Smith talking about, you know, he's he believes in Pelicans and all these positive <laughs> things and Perkins over there. He's like, yeah, yeah, Pelicans. And I'm like, 
don't be like them where as soon as the Pelicans lose four or five games in a row, they're saying, oh, they need to trade them, move them. You know, they're going to revert right back as soon as things get hard. But the actual Pelicans fans out there, they know what it is. They know what the future is. You know, as soon as an injury happens and, and bad times happen, I'd be shocked of like those dudes that were calling like we had the spaces with Perkins and you're saying like, it's not a basketball team. They should move. Da, 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 da. And, and now you want us to believe that, that y'all are, you know, all on the side. So don't be that kind of fan support these dudes through and through, you know, and anything for me coming up, uh, I lost my voice after the Trey Murphy video. So now my voice is getting back and I'm writing my next few. I'll keep it. Uh, let's see. I, I'm, I'm going to focus on players for now. So I'm planning on doing Jose, Herb, B.I., and uh, Herb, Jose, B.I., and maybe another one I'll throw in in there. Uh, but just going to do some player videos and a few more extra things for the offseason that I hope the fan base enjoys. So good. Looking forward to that. Andrew, thank you so much for, uh, for your time. It's been uh, great chatting with you, and um, enjoy the rest of your Golden Week. Thank you, Lyle. Take it easy, bro. <laughs> you too. Cheers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So thank you very much to Andrew for joining us again on the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Great chat. And to think that uh, he's only an hour difference in time from Perth to Japan, so it was nice to uh, have a have a bit more of a sleep in in my morning, which was nice. So, um, yeah, cheers, Andrew. And uh, it was great chatting pearls with you. Guys, go and check out everything he's got over on Twitter. Uh, we'll tag him in all the posts, as, as we like to do with our guests, and uh, see all the videos. And if you haven't seen the... Uh, the great videos and uh, voiceovers that he's been doing well, go and check it out, as well as being a credentialed media member for many, many years for the Pelicans and, and Hornets. If he's, if he's excited, well, you know, we all should be. So, before I wrap up, remember, there is no such thing as a fantasy off-season, only the pre-draft season, and here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert and analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well but only if you're part of our premium member team head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today seriously cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99 we'll see you there so with that being said As always, this is the Sports Ethos, New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Swithenbank, hailing from Perth, Western Australia. You can follow us on Twitter, at Ethos Pelicans, at Lyle Swithenbank. If you've got time, go and give us a five-star rate and review and uh, and a comment, because it comes up and I can see it all. I've got some lovely ones recently, and I appreciate you all for... for enjoying what we're doing. We'll keep the chats going uh, during the off-season, and uh, no doubt... I'll be jumping on solo at different times as well. We'll keep them out pretty regular. And uh, that way, we'll give you something to listen to while we're watching the rest of the playoffs. And into the off-season. Then Summer League. And then we're back into it. So, I'll leave it at that. 
stay safe and bye for now. Thank you.